Please be advised. The Kind of Movie Critics podcast may contain spoilers. This includes most of the movies you're going to want to see. This shit also contains profanity, so there's that. Enjoy. It's Martin and Mel, man. And I'm Young Leezy. And we are the Kind of Movie Critics. It's just us today. Yeah. <laughs> the most faithful and true. The group chat has been hella quiet. Apparently, we, we, we regular and everybody else is extra special. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think everybody else went on strike. Right. right. <laughs> I was about to say, uh, I'm pretty sure no less than, than two of our... Uh, actually, I'm thinking um, Ch- Chandler might actually be in SAG after, but I know like the rules are different for broadcast than they are for, yeah. um, than they are for other programming. But yeah, so... What about that strike? What are your thoughts? Um, I, I think it's obviously I stand with the writers and the actors. Um, I think some of the stuff coming out of negotiations is insane. Like there's some little like black mirror stuff happening where mm-hmm. like I think one guy said that the studios wanted to implement something that if you're a background actor, mm-hmm. then you get paid for one day's work. They scan your body and they could use you. In perpetuity, yeah. In perpetuity, like even after you're dead. Which which is is nuts. Yeah, there was like actual movie made about that. I forgot with the woman from uh, House of Cards, the wife from House of Cards. Like, Um, there's literally a movie about that. (laughs) What's her name? Robin Wright. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but that's like insane. (laughs) It is insane, and I think that like it's like come on, like we can't. We can't act like that's normal or fair. Yeah. Uh, it's not like those people are making a lot of money to begin with. So, like, to be like, oh, I'm going to put on the suit and I'm going to scan you. And otherwise, I just won't call you. And I'm like, but if you all refuse, then what happens? Do regular people then just go, like, I would like to make 60 bucks real quick? Like, how does that, <laughs> how do you stop the studio from doing that? Well, someone was saying that, like, if that happened, then uh, Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck wouldn't have careers because they were like extras in a field of dreams or something like that. And if they mm-hmm. had been scanned and they tried to like go out for roles uh, for that studio, the studio's like, now we already have your likeness. We're not going to pay you. Or if they got, try to go to another studio, that studio would say, well, actually, this studio owns, owns your likeness. You. Yeah. We can't do anything with you. <laughs> and they would just be out of luck as actors. But their faces might be in every movie possible. So it's like, that's that, that's just wild. It's wild what, what they're dealing with. I mean, and it's literally Black Mirror. And it didn't, it took a few weeks. Like, we were thinking like, oh, this this is really like, this can happen now. Like, no, I think they were, I think they knew when they were writing that, that it is happening. And it was yeah. their way of like putting their middle finger up. Um, I, I do don't think. Mm-hmm. I, like I wonder what Netflix executives like think when like they because obviously Black Mirror is like a it's a popular show like people that's one of I don't would I wouldn't say it's one of Netflix's flag show flagship shows I would it it's definitely a show that people like pay attention to and is in the conversation so I would assume that the executives are watching it and I wonder if they're watching it if it goes over their head or they're just laughing the whole time like yeah we got them like. I don't know that them as a studio had gone that far. So yeah. like they could be aware of it and laugh at it from the perspective of like your homie over there is doing that, but it's going to cause you a problem too. So, I mean, Netflix right. movies are pretty low budget. 
Um, usually, you know, there's a one-off, two-off where they've really spent some money, but by and large, like for the amount of content they make, it's really cheap. Yeah. So what's, what's interesting though, is that, and I never considered, I was listening to PCHH this morning and they were talking about how the actors have a right to want to see the way that their contracts are assembled change because the landscape has changed. And the last time that um, in the 1960s, when both the writers and uh, strike were on strike at the same time as the actors, that residuals was what came out of that. But with the way that streaming is set up, like for some of these um, streaming services, particularly like Amazon and um, Apple, they probably don't make any real money. <laughs> they're probably losing money on these services yeah. more than they're making money because it's an add on to something else. Um, it's like a it's like an upsell as opposed to like the thing itself that funds right. it. Yeah. So like, how do you measure that? So I would say from the perspective of certain streamers, like does it make sense to release the numbers? Because if you say like, this is how much money we made, that then affects your stock price and whether or mm -hmm. not people want to invest in you. So then do you continue to exist? Um, and who does that benefit if you don't exist anymore? It, I mean, like in terms of the actors and the writers, like if you don't exist anymore, that's less of a space for them to make money at all. So yeah. it's a slippery slope. But when you talk about a Hulu or and Netflix is a completely separate situation. Right. Um, because they do make money. <laughs> so, like. Well, I, they, they, they make money, but they're all, always, like, losing money just because of how much they spend on content. Like, they, do, they do lose money. But if you, if you make public, which you would have yeah. to in, the, in favor of transparency to give the actors and the writers what they want. If you make that information public, it creates a bigger problem because then you have an issue with Wall Street. So like yeah. it it is more I want to see the actors get what they and the writers get what they want or to at least get something fair out of it. The AI portion is probably a lot more easy to manage than the other part with the streaming and figuring out how to pay them for streams. So they were saying on PCHH that like it's it's a long-term effect of COVID and just how consumer behavior shifted very quickly in a certain direction and that they were like, the industry may just kind of explode. Yeah. Like I was, I was listening to, um, Van, Van, not Lathan. Van, John, Van Lathan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Van Lathan on the, on his podcast, he was talking about how I people thought, <laughs> yeah. People thought that um, uh, Netflix just killed like Blockbuster, but it could also kill like television. It could also kill music, uh, not movie theaters. It's like it's like a virus that like might completely destroy like entertainment or shift it in a way that we're not used to. So, I mean, it absolutely did, and I wouldn't yeah. have thought. I mean. In the beginning, it was like Netflix, when they were still sending you DVDs in the mail, in the beginning, it was kind of like Netflix's competitor was still Blockbuster and was still Redbox. So when mm -hmm. Redbox came up with their 
model and Blockbuster copied it, I thought Blockbuster would be fine. But nope. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see. It's it's great. Like, do you explain to your kid like what it was like going to Blockbuster? Like that was like some some of the most fun times I think I remember. It's we like didn't going to picking out a video. We didn't have a Blockbuster card. My mom would not like spring for oh, that. Yeah. That was like a luxury we didn't have. But my best friend, we used to go to the movies. Yeah. Um. But my best friend, like she had more brothers and sisters than I did. I just had one, so it was like the. Th- and my dad didn't go, so it was like the three of us. But it was way cheaper at her house to rent movies because there was so many of them. So like instead of buying a mm-hmm. movie ticket, it was kind of backwards, right? Because my yeah. mama would have saved money too, but. <laughs> Instead of instead of buying movie tickets, they have blockbusters. So my trips to Blockbuster were really like relegated to sleepovers with them. And I always thought that was really cool, like to look around. But we had so much stuff on VHS and my mama was like, I paid for cable, you know, watch this TV. Oh yeah. <laughs> and when we would go right. we would go to the movies, it would not like you and I do now, where it's like an incessant thing. We're always at the movies. Yeah, yeah. But um I d- going to Blockbuster was probably more special for me than it was for you because it was not a regular occurrence. Like mm-hmm. it was a big deal to like go stay at my best friend's house, which I did all the time. But um, if I was there to go to Blockbuster and like order pizza, felt really, really special. And kids now have everything at mm-hmm. their fingertips. <laughs> so, yeah. so no, like it's that's not really a conversation I've had with her, but. I bet if I put a VCR in front of her, she'd probably be like, what the hell is this? Right. Which is wild. But what can you do? Yeah, I felt bad. Like, because I was still going to the uh, narrow, like, doing streaming and stuff. You were still going to the expanded cinema, like their video store? Yeah. Because they, that was like, like, I thought Blockbuster was dope, but like. The narrow expanded cinema store, like their video store, is like amazing. Basically, they had like, everything, everything you could possibly think of, like mm-hmm. from like Hong Kong action movies to like obscure random- John Waters <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> films. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was crazy. But I just stopped going. I mean, even though I wanted to, I mean, it's kind of getting the same with theaters to me, where I just don't go nearly as much as I used to since the pandemic. Um, like I'll see a movie and like. I'll really regret not seeing it like Barbarian. Like I want, I really wanted to see that in the theaters, but I just like never got myself to go. And I, it's in my queue. Like I could watch it anytime I want, but I really I wanted I to watched, see it in the theaters. I think I watched Barbarian on like Peacock very early. Oh yeah, and Smile also. Like, but it's. I, I think I would have enjoyed both of those movies better in the theater. Yeah, with like um, the crowd. <laughs> yeah, it. It's. It's almost like. I I just pre-pandemic, like I know you were probably in the theater like three or four times a week. Well, I would um, go probably every week, sometimes twice a week, but okay. like most of the time, like I would see bad movies. <laughs> like just like I you think I said on the podcast. Everything. Yeah, I would see as see a lot of stuff. Now some I might go a month without seeing something. I like I think I'm gonna try to see Barbie and Opp- Oppenheimer this weekend, or at least over the next two weeks, but Still, it's like you're gonna make it for both of those. I, I mean, I'm, I'm obviously gonna go see Oppenheimer. I, I'm not like at all interested in Barbie. I like not to the point where I want to go see it in the theater. I'm like interest. I like Margot Robbie. I like Ryan Gosling. Obviously, I like Issa Rae. I don't ever want to see what's the little girl. I can see her face. Storm. What's her name? (laughs) The little biracial girl. (laughs) I don't think she should have a career. Um, 
Drumline. What's her name? I could. Oh, I could, you're talking about Drumline. Wait, Storm? yeah, the girl Storm in the reboot of uh, X Men. I could see her face. Alexandra Ship. That would not come oh, okay. to my yeah, mind. Yeah. I don't want to see her acting ever. But um, <laughs> I yeah. think she sucks. Um, but like. I, there's lots of people in the movie that I respect and admire, but like, I watch that when it comes on TV. Like what, but like you were telling me before we started recording, like you were like low key hype for it. Like what, what's drawing you I to want to see that in the theater? I guess I'm kind of like being like a cinema nerd, but like Greta Gerwig, I really like Lady Bird. So me too. Her as a director, I really want to see like what she does. Like, am I, am I looking at, like, one of the next great, like, directors? Or is she just going to take a step up and it's, like, too, the stage is too big for her, basically. But she said, and her agent has said, like, nah, she kind of doesn't want to do indies like the rest of her life. Like, she wants to be doing, like... Studio. If big movies, like, not necessarily, like, superhero stuff, but she wants to be doing, like, large studio movies. Like, she's not just, like, a like a small indie director. So I, I definitely want to see, like, what she does with this. and. The future of her career, like whether she'll stay with like IP mm-hmm. or she'll do her own thing, maybe maybe do like the Christopher Nolan route and make like an Inception or something like that, like her version of it, which I would love to see. So that's more so what I'm interested in is her as a director and what she's going to do with it. I mean, I like Greta Gerwig. I still haven't watched Little Women, but I really liked um, Lady Bird and I, I actually enjoy her acting as well. So mm-hmm. Like when you put it like that, I kind of get it. I'm still not going, but oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, nobody in my house. I can't, can't. Oh yeah, drag my guy or my kid to go see Barbie this weekend. I probably could get him to go see Oppenheimer, but we'll see. I might end up in the theater by myself. <laughs> I, well, the thing with Oppenheimer to me is like I like Dunkirk. I think it's a good movie, but I didn't like love it as much as his other films. So, I I still haven't watched it. I'm not oh, a war yeah. movie person. Yeah, it's 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 kind of a confusing like war movie. Like he does stuff with time, but it's 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 not one of his like best movies. I mean, like people love it, and I, I get why he did it. It's like a tribute or whatnot, but mm-hmm. it's it's not his most interesting movie, especially for how long it is. So this being another like semi war movie, I I don't know like what it's gonna be like. But some people are saying like it's amazing, but people said the same thing about the Flash. So I'm not. <laughs> I didn't watch that either. Yeah, I didn't which watch I actually do want to see the Flash. I just wasn't pressed to go see it in the theater. I'm sure it'll be on yeah. Max sometime so, soon. Right. I I mean Oppenheimer. I know it's a war movie, but it's it seems like it would be less action in it than yeah. Dunkirk. That it would be more like dialogue heavy. So. We'll see. I don't know what I would do with like a dialogue heavy Christopher just, Nolan movie, especially because yeah. Tenet had such bad sound mixing. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Inception is a very dialogue heavy Nolan movie too, mm-hmm. but uh, and I guess Interstellar too. But um, yeah, she, he said like he wasn't trying to use CG for like the explosions. I was like, how how would you do that? <laughs> like that's the main reason I want to see this movie. To see how he practically did a mushroom cloud? Yeah. We gonna have to see it and find out. Right. Shit, you and me might be at the movies this weekend, Martin. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> so before we get into uh, our main topic, um, you been watching anything cool? Um, shoot. I mean, I'm I'm really just catching up on um some of the stuff I missed. I was on vacation for like a week, so I catched up Next. on the bear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You caught you caught up on the bear. I I is I've heard that's really good, but I haven't like started it yet. I'm too busy watching garbage. Oh yeah, the bear. I'm, watch, I'm watching like Love and Marriage Huntsville, and then when I finish that, I will watch something meaningful. I think the first season is probably like better than the second season, even though the second season does a lot more with like the characters. Um, but the first season, have you ever worked in a restaurant? No, I do not oh, have okay. the patience for that. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I worked at Hardee's for a long for a while or whatever. Um but like anybody who's ever worked in a restaurant and has that level of like stress and PTSD and like the work relationships and like feeling like you're drowning and stuff like that, um that that show captures it like expertly, I think. Mm. But it's but it's also like a great show about like characters um and it's it looks beautiful and it makes you hungry so it's it's like a perfect show to like eat something with and watch um making panzanella when we get off of here i might like queue up the first episode to eat my yeah. panzanella oh uh, yeah definitely <laughs> <laughs> you definitely should um i've also been catching up i know we did an episode uh we talked about black mirror but i i just caught up like i think i have an episode left um last one i watched was Maisie day but yeah, I would say my favorite is probably Locke Henry. Um, Me too. See, and it wasn't it wasn't Beyond the Sea like. Yeah, Beyond the Sea was. It's fine. Um, it's derivative, but like, but you know, the Treasy was hyping it up, so I'm glad like that you walked away like me. Like, no, this other thing was better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I I mean I think Locke Henry is just so interesting in like, like what it says about like our culture and true crime. And like, what if this is actually happening to you? Like, how how would you look at it? Um, would you exploit it or not? Someone being entertained by a tragedy, a t- yeah, that a very real tragedy, which is me, who's listening to the prosecutors, and I'm not gonna say I flip flopped on whether or not I say it is guilty, but I'm I am gonna say, whereas I was not completely convinced that he did not do it, I'm pretty convinced that he did now. So oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also that like I was wrong and the prosecution case was way stronger. But like you guys listen to that on your own time. But All right. <laughs> whoa. Anyway, what have I been watching? Um, I finished up the silo on Apple TV, which is like I it is something I've seen before in terms of what mm-hmm. it is. It's like post-apocalyptic. They're lying to you. What's really going on? It's like the Maze Runner and all that shit. Um, yeah, I watched shit. a recap of it because um, I was like, I'm not about to sit through eight episodes, eight hour long episodes or whatever it was. But yeah, I mean, it looks interesting. I mean, I like Rebecca Ferguson, even though like you probably haven't seen it, but she kind of gets done dirty in Mission Impossible. Oh, no, I'm not watching Mission Impossible. Yeah. Um, I'm like so far behind. I watched like the first two, and they're like, what? They're yeah. on like five now. Like I'm not watching. Sure, they're probably <laughs> on like six or seven. <laughs> okay, well, I'm way behind. Yeah. I I like Rebecca Ferguson too. Um, it's an interesting story. Uh, David Oyelowo and Rashida Jones are in the first episode. I was 
I thought that there was more of him in the show than there ends mm-hmm. up being. Um, it's way more common in the show. He is awful. I don't understand how he's getting worse as an actor. Like, mm-hmm. he was just, he was bad, but like, it was tolerable. Like, watching this, I'm like, oh my God. Like, did you not ever study ever? Like, you are bad. But I, th- I thought it was cool in uh, John Wick, too. He was like, hey, John, what are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. he has he has always... like he has all these scenes with so much gravitas and like yeah. he's supposed to be super ominous but just his cadence of speech is odd and i almost mm-hmm. feel like is that how he talks when you talk to him in regular conversation i guess i have to go back and like watch interviews of comment i don't think i've ever sat through one because like that would drive me crazy it would be so odd because yeah. he, he feels so unnatural but the show itself is about these people who live in a silo and um, the only time they go outside is like if they ask to go outside and they have all these mm-hmm. rules and like in their credo of, you know, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. People live on different levels, similar to like Snowpiercer, where you live on a higher level, you're having a better experience, right. lower level people are workers. Um, and there are so many questions about like how they got there. They don't know. Um what happened outside to make them have to live there. They don't know. And obviously there's like a big reveal at the end, which is like super freaking obvious, but I'm here now and I want to know what's going to happen next. So um, it's similar. I watched a show about these people. They pretty much lived in a silo, but they thought they were in outer space, but they weren't. Um, It was a sci-fi show that I think was called Ascension and they canceled it because they're bastards. (laughs) But but, um, I I enjoyed the silo. uh, the man friend and I are watching another Apple TV show called Hijack. Um, with Idris with Alba, Alba. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's British TV. And like, I really, I enjoy British TV sometimes way more than I enjoy um, American television. True to form of a British limited series. There's a million freaking characters to keep up with. Um, mm-hmm. But like the writing on this show is not great. And um, I'm learning that my man friend would know how to hijack a plane <laughs> because yeah. he keeps saying what they're doing wrong. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, mm, scare me a little bit. Um, but he would never hurt anyone. He's great. But yeah, that I but I'm again, I like. I'm. I'm stuck and I need to know what happens, even though like I'm way too far into the show for them not to have explained why these mm-hmm. people have taken over this plane. I heard it's it like 24, right? Mm-hmm. It happens in real time, but yeah. it's like six hours. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we're far enough into the damn show that like, I should not have all the questions I have. Oh um, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's what we've been watching. We already talk about the thing. Yeah. Um, we, we could talk about I'm a Virgo. Well, what are you? I'm a Capricorn. I'm a Taurus. <laughs> All goddamn day. <laughs> yeah. Very loyal creature of habit. Stubborn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> move when I want to move and not a second before. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is me. Um, you are the you are like the nicest Capricorn I've ever met. Like I I can't I've never seen you mad, so like yeah, I just yeah. know I'm a Capricorn. I have no idea like what that means or what I'm supposed to be. Well, our means, signs so are supposed I to get know. along really well. 
but because we're both earth earth signs, but Capricorns can can cut you. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, I mean, y'all are straight. Like y'all are not bad people, but like you are the nicest Capricorn. Who are the bad people? Like Aquarius. Aquarius. Okay. They're awful. Oh, all right. They're awful. I haven't. Mm. I mean, Leo's right, but like, really rock with them either. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we'll see. But Aquarius, hands down, really good bad to know. Folks. I'll look out for him. <laughs> <laughs> so Boots Riley, Boots right. Riley, Boots Riley. So, um, if you are catching us later on in our journey of podcasting, because at this point we've been doing this five years, no six. Jesus. Yeah. We should have more episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Way more. <laughs> Way more episodes. Yeah. Um uh uh I guess like uh, a few years back we did do an episode on his uh feature debut for Sorry to Bother You. I yeah. liked Sorry to Bother You a lot. Um, even though it was weird, it was really fun. Mm-hmm. Um and if you want to go back and listen to what we thought about that, please do. Give us a give us a listen on that one. Um, you had mentioned this on another episode that I was listening back to. I didn't know which one it was, and you said he was doing a superhero movie. I didn't realize it was a um a show. And I didn't realize this was the cast, but I just happened to see it on Prime. And it mm-hmm. was like, I'm a Virgo. And I skipped past it twice before I realized that it was Boots Riley's show. And I was like, oh shit, why am I skipping this? I should watch it. How did you hear about it? Um, shoot, I don't know how I first heard about it. I know he did a epi- he did an interview like years ago. I think when Sorry to Bother You come came out, mm-hmm. and he was being interviewed. And I think the interview asked him, "Well, would you like to do a superhero movie?" And he was like, "No, all superheroes are fascists." <laughs> 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 so him doing the superhero thing, I was just like, "Okay, what is he gonna do?" Um, cause I remember that interview like a long time ago that, that kind of changed my view of like, I still love superhero content, but that changed my view of like a lot of, uh, like how I consume superhero content, like, especially Batman, especially like Frank Miller stuff. Um, uh, Batman especially yeah. is a fan. Yes. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, there was this, um, there was this comic called the nightly news is, is kind of like a anarchist, uh, Jonathan Hickman wrote it. Uh, he's like a really good uh, writer. Uh, this was like his first like indie comic. And in the foreword, he says something like, "Our oh, presidents are murderers. And I just never thought of it that way. But like, that's like 100% true. And th- those are like two things uh, that I always think about like a lot. That was um, very Lupe fiasco of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, th- this show, I'm a Virgo, I guess. I didn't even... When I first heard of it, I didn't know it was a superhero show. Same. But I just the logline doesn't just, tell you that. Yeah, I just thought it was like, oh, he's doing a metaphor of like what it's like to be a black man because he's like a 13-foot black man in uh, Oakland and it's like how, how people react to him and see him as a threat or whatnot. So I didn't know all that superhero stuff was like baked into it. But once I did know that, I was like, okay, he's answering the question that somebody asked him like four years ago, like superheroes are fascists. And to engage in like that type of violence, there is no like solution to that. Like, 
superheroes fight the symptom, not the disease, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Apparently it's capitalism. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All for of sure. our problems. Um, um so how yeah. do you how do you feel? Well, yeah, I think you you talked about how you liked Sorry to Bother You. Um, I guess for me, uh my homeboy Zeus, he had seen it like at a um, he had seen it at a film festival. I think his girl was like actually interviewing, I think, Boots Rally or something like that at a okay. film festival. So he had seen it and he told me like, yo, this is like the next get out. It's like the most amazing thing you've ever seen. So I think when I actually saw it, my expectations were too high. But at the same time, I did enjoy like the unique voice that he had. You know what? I will, I'm growing tired of every black person, whatever they make now, getting compared to Get Out. Because, like, yeah. how did he even... I don't know Zeus. I know who Zeus is. But, like, how he even... <laughs> My daughter played his daughter in a music video once. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, so I've met him. But how did he mm-hmm. get there? Like, Sorry to Bother You does not give you Get Out feels at all other than, like, two Negroes made those <laughs> Yeah, basically. <laughs> They're, like, completely... I mean, I guess like, they're both kind of satires. But um, sorry to bother you is a is an art house. Film. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we? No. <laughs> yeah. Get out is fully a studio picture. Um. So <laughs> right. It's not anything alike. Oh gosh. I mean. <sighs> I mean, I would I would expect that. Sorry to bother you. Probably got greenlit, in part because of Get Out. Maybe. Maybe I. I think that uh I don't know. I would mm-hmm. I would there's some other things like black people making I would say more like blind spotting and like last black man probably is like more of a catalyst for yeah. Boots Riley than get out. But I do see what you're saying in terms of like, okay, these are things from black creatives that the mainstream would want to see. But I think like there's a huge chasm between the two. I think mm-hmm. this is like very specific in terms of like who would enjoy it. Um, when I say this, I mean like what Boots Riley is making is very specific in terms of who would enjoy it. And I think that like Boots Riley makes art films for hood niggas. Like that's what this yeah. is. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's you're never confused about what's going on. Like the messaging is very straightforward. Um, you know, the narrative is is just as interesting as the um the subtext. Um, mm. but it it doesn't Jordan Peele like now is like talking over your freaking head. Like Boots Riley's not doing that at all. So I mean, like like he makes art films for hood niggas, like specifically yeah. ones from the Bay. Um, and like, but he makes it so he wants you to get it. He doesn't want to be smarter than you. So I'm more here for that. Um, I'm still more excited about what Jordan Peele is going to do next. But every time he makes a film, I get less excited about it. Um, but anyway. Side note, mm-hmm. um, I've always felt like Moonlight was like a art house film for hood niggas. Like I feel like it, it Moonlight was. would be a it would it would be a hood classic if people could like just watch it for real. Because I think I think it's up there. It's interesting though. Like my experience with with black men is that. Um, Aside from like film buffs like y'all, yeah, that like they're so scared 
of what they're going to see. And like when you watch it, it's nothing. Right. <laughs> so it's, it's it's absolutely it's like it's like 45 seconds of nothing. The sex scene in this show was way more uncomfortable <laughs> than anything in <laughs> Moonlight at all. Yeah. <laughs> the, the heterosexual sex scene in this show. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So like I thought this like when I saw the log line, it, it says, let me see. Well, of course, the synopsis is hella long here. Um, it says, the coming of age joyride of Cootie, a 13 foot tall man who escapes to experience the beauty and contradictions of the real world. He forms friendships, finds love, navigates awkward situations and encounters his idol, the hero. So obviously, like, never meet heroes, like, is, yeah. is one of the... Um, the themes and that like it does do the thing with the superhero where it it uh causes you to ask some questions about like uh the ways that you've been indoctrinated to believe certain things based on like who's put in front of you as the person who's on the side of good and like yeah. he's literally experiencing that because he consumes this person's art and this person takes it on themselves to become like a vigilante. Like he's Batman. He's like, if Batman yeah. was Tony Stark and Stan Lee kind of at the same time. Right. Yeah. I don't know, but shout out to Corey for getting cast in this movie as the villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Walton God. <laughs> he's not going to listen to this, but like, uh, yeah. it, also, if you've been following the podcast for a while, we we used to back in the day like post pictures of Corey and the actors that he looks like, and he looks like every actor. And one of them is Walton Goggins. He does look like Walton Goggins if you look at yeah, him. Yeah, he, so. he actually does. <laughs> he does not like for you to say that. <laughs> well, speaking of Moonlight, how would you feel about Jarrell Jerome, like in this, or just in general? I kind of, I'm kind of iffy on Jarrell Jerome. I mean, I think he did good in a. Um, how they? What is it? They when they see, see us. us? When they? I see think us, he deserved yeah. his award for when they see us. Um, he kind of has crusty lips sometimes, and I'm just like, <laughs> that's what. <laughs> <laughs> Treasy calls him tight lip drills. He doesn't yeah. like. I don't. It's funny now because Treasy mentioned like how he holds his mouth and like purses yeah. his lips, and so like I notice it all the time all the now. Time. Yeah. Um, he's Maybe on another wrong. show called Full Circle. Um. The, uh, Soderbergh, so, the Soderbergh, so, yeah. I've heard about it. I haven't watched it. It's only two episodes out. I think a new one comes out tomorrow. But okay. um, he's in that one too. I don't like. I don't know what there are. There's other things that I've seen him in, like selling the spades. Like he's acting better than anybody else in that movie. That's not saying much, but like mm. I feel like he was really natural in that movie. Um. I feel like he disappeared into Corey Wise in um, When They See Us. I think he's awful in Moonlight. Um, but I think like he's just quirky enough to make this film work because I don't expect yeah. him to be normal or subtle. He's a fucking giant. Um, so I don't expect him to be normal or subtle here, so it works. Mm -hmm. We're like, um, but I, I'm with you. Like I'm not. I don't think Jarrell Jerome is bad, but I don't think he's good either. He's working a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't. I don't like him acting in the Soderbergh. So I'm like, okay. But they make CCH Pounder not look good either, and she can act. So it could mm -hmm. just be Soderbergh not knowing what to do with black people. 
but I did like this cast though, like uh, Mike Epps, Carmen Njogo. Um, I I know that one kid is from like, he's from like that Netflix, uh, like that Netflix show that's like about kids growing up in the hood, but it's like whitewashed in a way. But I like his the friend or whatever with the car. Basically, that's what I know him from. But I totally oh, forgot what that show is. His name is Brett Gray. The character's name is Felix. I definitely yeah. don't know. Is it called like On My Block or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I think he's from On My Block. I've never watched it, but I've heard people talk about it. Yeah. The title turned me off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black I, people I haven't don't watched talk it like either. that. <laughs> I haven't watched it either, but I know kids that like watch it basically. But I don't know. Maybe we watched some crazy stuff back in the day. I mean, no, nah, I, I, I would put the parenthood above On My Block. I, I would put like the parenthood is not a corny ass name that a black yeah. person would never sell on my block. On Who talks about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, the name turned me off. Oh, so it's a YA show. I didn't realize yeah. that. So like I don't feel bad for not watching it because I'm not the target audience and I haven't right. been for quite a while. Um uh, Flora, Olivia Washington, like I'm trying to look to see what I know her from. She's Den- Denzel Washington's daughter. She looks just like her brother and her yeah, mom. Now does. that you mention it, um, that's not why where I know her from. <laughs> but mm. <laughs> I'm looking to see. Um, do you think she's a better actress than John David? Uh, I know her from She's Got to Have It. Do you do you know her? Do you think she's better or worse? I think she's good in this role. Um, I would have to see more from her. Cause John David, sometimes I look at him, I'm, I'm like, I, I I support him as like a black man, as a black actor. Um, I think we need black action stars out there. But I saw the trailer for the creator, and I was like, I feel like somebody could do this better. That is funny. I was listening back to one of our episodes, and we were like, who would have been better in this movie? And we said John David. Um, <laughs> and now we're like totally going against that. Um, I mean. I thought she was pretty good. I, this this show is doing a whole lot in terms yeah. of what it wants you to digest. I mean, and it it's like, uh, what's the film term in media res or whatever? Like, they don't media tell us res, why. Yeah. yeah, anything is happening. So much stuff is happening, and that we don't. They don't tell. They don't tell us shit. Like, this is just the yeah. world we're dropping you into. Like, why is this nigga so big? And in this world, there's giants born all the time. Yeah. So, which I think is like funny because on PCHH they were like, "Well, I guess we should look into whether or not this these are like real news clippings." I'm like, "Of course they're not freaking real." But um, mm-hmm. I it it immediately made me think of like Jack and the Beanstalk that, like, when we were children, we we're immediately like taught to be scared of giants and being that yeah. like it's a metaphor for him being a black man that like that's the messaging that comes out around like black boys specifically right. um and how they're perceived to be older than they are when they're so young um mm. and so much of a threat when they're so young so like again heart film for hood niggas like none of that's lost on you um but like it took a turn i was in the beginning just enjoying trying to figure out like practically how he would live and i like that yeah. boots riley like takes the time to make all of that make sense for you 
Um, yeah. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I definitely, that's probably one of the things I appreciated most is like how Boots Riley breaks down like the existence of, especially um, Olivia Washington's character mm-hmm. and um, Flora, Flora mm-hmm. and uh, as well as uh, Cootie basically, because it's like he really takes time to think of like how they look, how they smell, how they react to other people being so different from other people that they are. Um, and just how they get through day to day, like the damage they cause, the uh, the mental health of both of them. Like he did a lot as far as um, breaking down those characters. But for this show, I mean, I liked it, but it, it he feels like like it feels like Boots Riley is like they're not gonna let me have another one, so I'm gonna just throw as much stuff into. <laughs> Like, he's, like, at the cookout, right? Like, he's, like, the dude at the cookout who, like, probably not getting invited back. So he's, like, I'm going to stuff my plate with as much as possible (laughs) before I leave. Eat for, like, three days off of this. Like, that's kind of how this show feels. Because there's there's so many, not just messages, but there's so many scenes that, like, I don't understand, like, why it's in here. Like, and, and it's longer than, like, a joke. Like, for instance, like, parking tickets. It's like I I expect parking tickets to be like play off of like South Park, but instead of like adult humor or Family Guy style humor, it's like existentialism, right? Mm-hmm. But the the monologues would be so long that I'm like, well, this isn't even funny anymore. Uh, this well, is... I feel like you're talking about that sex scene. <laughs> oh <goes> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It it was uncomfortable at first because mm-hmm. it was like I don't know if the point was that um, I think we're all intrigued by him having a girlfriend and how that would work, right? So like, we're like, well, okay, how are they going to have sex? And he shows us, but it's also not our business. So like he punishes us at the same time for like being so curious about it. Like, well, oh, this is uncomfortable. You didn't have no business looking at it in the first place. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So. It just went on forever and ever. Yeah. And there was so much, like, mouth yeah. noises. <laughs> it was so gross. <laughs> I did I did get grossed out until, like, he came up and his whole mouth was wet. I was like, how does she have that much stuff coming out of her? <laughs> like, I thought the same thing, too. But, like, yeah. you have to think. Okay, so what we didn't talk about is how, like, she's, like. Yeah, she's a speedster, kind of. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, she's, like, Quicksilver almost the. She can't, but like she experiences time like so much faster than everyone else, and she has to slow herself down. But she can physically move very fast, like yeah. the Flash or like Quicksilver. So I mean, like it I seemed th- that really was gross. brilliant, though. Yeah, it seemed really gross for him to have all that stuff on his face. But she might have like, like came like five, six times by then, so. right? <laughs> 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 But like she had to be like all over his whole head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she's so much smaller than him. Right. <laughs> Ew. And then to know that he's because because they don't tell you that he smells bad until after yeah. he has sex with this girl. So to know to know that like he stank the whole time and how much longer of an experience that was for her. Yeah. Even though, like, it was a super long experience for us watching it, was just like, ew. <laughs> it gave it <laughs> right. another layer. 
Um, and to know that her mouth noise is bothering yeah. <laughs> the same way they were bothering us. Mm-hmm. I, I I like the interactions between Gerald Jerome, Cootie, and Flora when he was trying to woo her. I thought that some of his best comedic acting was when he came to get, what was it called? Like a Bing Bang Burger or whatever? Yeah. Um, When he came to get it and he like paid her in pennies. Yeah, and, but cute. he was like trying yeah. to be seductive and like yeah. doing <laughs> yeah. all this face acting. I I I would say that like I enjoy Jerome Jerome like in this movie more than I usually enjoy him because his mm-hmm. awkwardness works. Um, but it, it, like I said, it's Boots Riley has like an interesting sense of humor and like where he chooses to make you uncomfortable. But yes, things go on too long. Um, so. Another example of that was like, so Jones, when she has her first monologue, um, when she's actually talking to her own people and you, well, let's back up. So you obviously realize it. He's, there's, there's like world building happening. He's a giant. He doesn't have a superpower. Nigga's just big. Right. And we just talked about how the woman he meets where like, I guess it's just like. She's like atypical or whatever. So like it's a representation of those people in a black community or whatever. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of cool. Um, but she's she has a superpower. She's fast. And then his other friend, <laughs> which we'll get into like the symbolism there. But mm-hmm. his other friend Jones, who's just, you know, um, black queer woman, she has a superpower too, where she can just she can make people listen to her. Yeah. Um, she has like the it's power of persuasion. Yeah, yeah, her monologues. But like they go on so long. And it's not a joke in the no. same way that something serious can go on too long and it becomes uncomfortable. Um the they like the duality of like my funny and my drama are the same thing. But I think you're supposed to be uncomfortable. I think you're supposed yeah. to be thinking about like what's how you're how you're relating to the information you see in terms of intimacy that you're not supposed to see and he makes you feel like a whole sicko but then like having an exhaustive conversation about capitalism and the and the intricacies of capitalism like do we really want to talk about it this long even if you agree with him like I'm going to yeah. make you examine even what you think when you agree with me to the point where you are also uncomfortable listening to it yeah, I mean, he definitely was trying to nail that point home with especially those two monologues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I don't think he's one. I don't think he he's interested in like nuance. In a no, sense. like I I think he's interested in like I'm getting my message out. Like he was he was a rapper before, so it's like I have these bars that I need you to hear, and I don't care how long it takes. I don't. I don't care to like weave it into like the plot and have you figure it out on your own. He's like, no, you're going to sit here and listen to me because you're watching this show. And I don't, I don't know when the first, yeah, I don't know when the first monologue happens, but I'm sure it's like at least three episodes in. So he's not doing it early. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he's not doing it. Like the first scene, first episode, he's like, I'm going to ease you in with this like funny kind of fairy tale about like, a black 13 foot guy in Oakland and and later on I'm gonna hit you with like the superhero commentary and my thoughts on capitalism as a communist basically 
The episode with that focuses on Walton Goggins made me really uncomfortable also. Like Oh, uh, your your favorite uh biracial hero. Uh, Kendrick Samson. <laughs> Kendrick Samson. <laughs> I wouldn't say he's my favorite biracial. I would say that Kingsley Benadire is. But oh, yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy Kendrick. <laughs> mm-hmm. Kendrick, like I said, he shows up to get his head cracked. <laughs> he does. Um, so I, I appreciate him for that. Were they supposed to be like in a relationship? It was were they like gay? Um, it's weird. I, I mean, I guess it's kind of like a, uh, I mean, he's obviously Al- like, it's fully like an Alfred a, Batman a fully, type of thing. Yeah. But he's fully a house nigga too. Like, yeah, that's, yeah, for <laughs> that's sure. what he's supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> Not like Steven and Django. Like, yeah. I what, thought the Bill Cosby voice was funny too. <laughs> oh my God. They, so was Boots Riley doing that voice himself or was I, that, a, was no that, a, it was said like that. AI as Bill Cosby. Oh, yeah. Which makes me think that, like, it probably was an actual AI. Oh, it might have been. I mean, I don't know. I don't know when they shot the show if AI had, like, progressed to that point. I don't know, but niggas making Patrick Starr sing church music is is killing me softly here. So, like, I don't, I feel like Boots Riley would have. Yeah, I heard Michael Jackson do a Down for My Niggas. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't, but I'm looking for that. Yeah, I think Skills Skills had it on his uh, Instagram at one point. Shout out the skills I bring there immediately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> black people, we should be <laughs> fixing the world, and this is what y'all do. Um, right. But yeah, having having and he in the fact that like at first I thought, so like him having Bill Cosby be the AI that talks to like this white man who thinks he's righteous is like funny, right? Because yeah. Bill Cosby was like the the palatable black man who morphed into like angry, I'm going to shake my finger because y'all are niggas and I don't like it. You're embarrassing me. Mm-hmm. So like, of course, a lot of what he said, like later on around the time that he was being disrespectful at my graduation. No, I have not forgiven him for that. Um, got parroted by like conservative voices later. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah. to have him be talking to Walton Goggins as the hero is like, purposeful in that way but then he's like yo why does my ai sound like okay oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> makes it funny because it's like oh wait, wait. <laughs> he didn't do that on yeah. purpose <laughs> it's like a sleight of hand thing he's right <laughs> i so like did you laugh at this a lot like i thought it was funny yeah i definitely did i mean between the points where like he's trying to get his message out i, I definitely thought it was funny Okay, so something did go over my head, and I need help with it. But like, boing, 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 what, like, what, what was that? Um, I mean, all the all the parking tickets are supposed to be about existentialism. So right. I guess it's like nothing you say or do matters, and and like even when you die, like, it, like it still doesn't matter. Like, because we never really understand what he's saying. What when whether he's happy or sad, it's all always the same thing. Um, so that's how I took it, but I wasn't like going crazy and crying. Like I guess the security guards were, but I just was like, I don't, this is going over yeah. my head. Like it doesn't, but everybody else could talk. It was weird, but yeah, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't understand, but like, I mean, it did what it was supposed to do. Um, I, I thought it was cool that they like had this plot that they thought was going to fix everything, but like, haha, capitalism has another trick. Like, yeah. you're, you can't stop it. Like, whatever you do, it's not enough to topple it. 
Um, so like, what's the point? Um, and in your, and in obviously like, um, heroes and villains are a matter of perspective, um, and whether or not you agree with their cause, obviously it's not, it's, which is like different from the boys, which ex examines like, uh, and also from, um, also different from Watchmen. Right. Like who like who's watching your heroes or whatever, right? Who watches the Watchmen? So like it's it's a it's a commentary in a similar vein, but from a completely different perspective. So what what do you think about the hero? Like, is there anyone that he's talking about specifically? I mean, obviously we said like what if Batman was Stanley and Iron Man, but like, do you think that he's like calling Stanley? And Jack Kirby fascists. Like, what do you what do you take from that? I, I mean, yeah, I think I think he is. I mean, I think for sure, like from that interview like years ago, he was like, All superheroes are fascists. Like he was not a fan of superheroes or superhero content at all, especially like the use of violence, um, solve crime. Um, that that's something he was very much against. And I mean even uh, Jones goes to that entire monologue, mm -hmm. especially with uh, the hero and explaining to him exactly why what he's doing, like is only serving like the ruling class, basically mm -hmm. no, no matter what, no matter what he does. Uh, so yeah, I think he's calling them fascists, but I don't think he's like singling out fascists as like something that's special. I think he would probably say the same thing about police you probably say the thing, same thing about like a lot of politicians. I mean, um, I think he did say the same yeah. thing about police. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it's like the way people use fascism now, especially like on the internet with mm -hmm. like, they kind of half mean and they can't half don't with like, they're not specifically saying like the national socialist party of Germany or whatever, but they mean like people who, are, who have these ideals or slink or lean this way, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, not necessarily people that like want to commit mass genocide. And I, I don't. I think that's what he's saying. I don't think he's saying like Stanley, Jack Kirby, uh, these guys want to commit mass genocide, but they are. They're part of the machine. Like, yeah, they're part of the machine. They're upholding an idea that crime needs to be solved with violence, basically. Well, well, I think too. An interesting conversation over the weekend. Like, you can support the thing without actually doing the thing. Yeah. Um, cause you create the platform to empower the people who are doing it. And I think I never considered superhero content as propaganda, but like, nigga, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's the same for like cop movies for the longest time. Oh my like, God. Cop yes. movies and cop. I never thought it was propaganda what, <laughs> at all. Cowboys Until, and Indians. Like, it's yeah, all propaganda. It's really is all. Oh my god! And and even things from our child, like I try to watch like Last of the Mohicans, and I was like, I'm gonna barf. Like this is like, I'm awful. I'm going to I'm going to watch Justified, like the new Justified, because I really love the old series. But I watched episode one of like the old Justified, and he like basically harasses and almost beats up like this Rastafarian preacher like for no reason. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, Waylon Gibbons was a wild boy. <laughs> like I don't remember this stuff. But why he he did a lot of wild stuff in that show, and he was always seen as like the hero, not like McNulty in The Wire, which is like everybody knows McNulty is fucked up. 
So yeah, but like, and and yes, David Simon is much more fair. Yeah, <laughs> in his depictions, I, I wouldn't. I mean, but do you consider the wire propaganda? Um, I don't. I can't even. It's it, that's a hard question to answer. Cause I mean, well, like, what 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 do you think the point of the wire is? Is that like nothing? This is the system, and nothing you do can change it. So people are just gonna continue this cycle. Like I think, I think like the 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 wire shows you the machine, yeah, and it shows you all the moving parts of the machine. And the machine is just the machine. The machine mm-hmm. doesn't have a good part, and the machine doesn't have a bad part. This is just what it produces, and this is you know, what it consumes what and what it puts out. So, like, I, I wouldn't consider the wire propaganda. I was just curious, like, if you had a different perspective, would you consider this propaganda? I'm a Virgo. Oh, for sure. I think he, <laughs> I think he considered, considers it very much propaganda, especially that um scene with uh, the hero when he says, like, all art is propaganda. Like, I feels like that is something that Boots Riley, like, specifically wrote. He was, he was wrote. talking to us. He was us, talking yeah. to us, yeah. So I, mean, I guess that's his way of saying like, yeah, you're going to sit through like a 10 minute lecture on capitalism, but all art is propaganda. So shut up about it. Like, I mean, halfway through the halfway through the monologue, though, that monologue, too. Yeah. I was like, this nigga spitting. Like, God. <laughs> 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 uh. I mean, but like nobody, the thing is like, he didn't make this for white people. No. <laughs> so like, I don't think he's talking to, I don't think he's changing anyone's mind. I think that like, he just gave, he just gave like people who are uh, hard on capitalism, like more talking points. But like, right. I don't like white people ain't watching this black people not watching this like nah <laughs> i don't know who it's just us the film people it's 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 smarty art niggas is watching yeah. this i mean i don't know i just you know if you if you mention sorry to bother you to like the average black person they're like what mm-hmm. um they, so. they'll know the um they'll know like one specific scene and that's the scene between uh jermaine fowler and uh lakeith stanfield <laughs> they like I literally had that conversation yeah. with someone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's exactly the scene. Too. That's yeah, because that's on the internet a lot. Yeah, yeah. I I think like when you talk about like the white voice, what that means. But I mean, do you think this gets a season two? I mean, he he set it up like there's some type of cliffhanger at the end. If if Prime needs more content, maybe. Uh, I think and this show I'd is be not interested expensive. To watch. Yeah. I don't think it's that expensive either. Um, I'd be interested to watch another season of it. I don't know if it'll get a season two, though. I mean, I think I think Boots sets it up that if it gets renewed, what the hell is getting a season two? Like, I don't yeah. I think more things will get renewed than new things will get created because when mm-hmm. the strike's over, I mean. So, and Prime renews all kinds of things that suck. I think he he made this show kind of like, even though there's a cliffhanger, he made this show where it's like he got all his ideas out. So even if it doesn't get picked up, he still can be proud that like it's he did it's what in the ecosystem. Do. Yeah. Do you, do you think? I mean, like I don't think this is all of this nigga's ideas, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I think he said what he wanted to say. Like you said, with this piece of art, 
Mm-hmm. So what do you think is causing Cootie the rash? I, I thought it was the clothes at first. The um, I forgot what that uh, fake like FUBU clothes are. That was so weird. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I get it. Like, yeah, the commodification of black bodies. However, yeah, exploitation. Yeah. <laughs> and how happy he was to do it. Not mm. even understand. He has no context. He just knows that I'm getting paid. No context around like what that does in the broader public. Yeah. Or how how like his advertisements, like what they actually do. But I mean, right. in the bag. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> so what do you think matters. of um what do you think of his homeboy like dying in the hospital or whatever, like trying to go to the hospital? I thought it was unnecessary. It was so weird, <laughs> weird, like out of left field. It was so unnecessary. I did yeah. not see that coming, but like, no. I think that was a plot line that could have been left out. I feel like how fucked up private healthcare is or commercial healthcare, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That like we could talk about that in season two. We didn't have to kill my nigga this time. We could have gotten more creative about, but I guess too, like, that was, I guess, a way to subvert, like, police kill black people and that calls us to action. So, but, like, a nigga has to die for us to get worked up. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, circling back around to, like, the Jones character, like, and the person who takes charge and organizes everybody is a queer black woman. <laughs> um And persuades everybody to do everything. So, like, a queer black woman will save the world. Uh, how how did you feel about the conversation between her and Carmen Ajogo about like a leader versus like an organization? Because she like, ends up being like the leader at the end, right? Or more or less. Yeah, even though she was saying she didn't want to be. Yeah. Um, that she wanted it to be this amalgamous thing. I think like that was maybe a conversation generationally between like older previous black civ- people, yeah. older black people in previous civil rights, and like. I I get it. There has to there has to be like some leadership to have organization, I would say, to a certain yeah. degree, because to make sure everybody is following one message. But when that happens, they kill them. So yeah, like, like if you uh, can't identify a leader, who do you know how to, like how do you know who to kill? Yeah, like a lot of a lot of like revolutionary groups or uh, like activists I see now, like they're not like trying to poke their head out and be like, yo, I'm the leader. Like, especially with Cop City and like Atlanta and stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I don't see a single person being like, yeah, I I do this, I run this. I'm like trying to protect protect the trees and stop this like fascist like theme park for cops, basically. I've I've not seen, with, with Cop City, I've not heard, and I listen to obviously a lot of NPR, but like yeah. I've they in the way that they're reporting on it, they're not talking to like anyone specifically. They're just talking about it. Yeah. So you're right. I hadn't even thought about that. That they they hadn't identified a person at the forefront of that movement, just that people are out yeah. there on the front. I lines. hear about people dying and stuff. Same. Um, but I don't hear about like a single like head of it. And I think that goes for like a lot like I that went a lot for uh especially Portsmouth after not Portsmouth, um, Portland, like mm-hmm. around the time of like 
the George Floyd killing and like a lot of uprisings happened, you 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 would hear like a lot of people being like, if I point myself out as a leader, then like the cops would take me out basically. So, I the people would wear like face masks or they they would wear like they would try to hide their identity as much as possible. And I feel like that's what most people are doing now. And the people that do want to be leaders, you kind of got to side eye them like somewhat. <laughs> like I'm not I'm not mentioning this Sean King. This could be white folks. Yeah. But I think this is Negroes. Right. I do think this is Negroes, but it could be white folks. But I think it's Negroes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But like you're right. I mean, oh now you're coming around. You thought about what I said on the last episode. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that stayed with you. Keep keep right. going down that rabbit hole, brother. <laughs> You are two of the organization. Uh, he's like Jim Jones. It's weird. Um, yeah. Just saying. Just saying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think some of the some of the writing and some of the messaging is very smart when it is nuanced, but most yeah. of it is completely heavy-handed, and I'm o- I'm okay with that because you get it right. So, but. Yeah, I'm okay with it because it's funny and it's Oakland and it's uh, Boots Riley's like sense of humor and his style, which I I kind of appreciate as just being something unique. So I I can sit through like a lecture on whatever he wants to talk about, and even that conversation we were talking about like between like leaders and an organization, I thought that was like a really cool conversation. Like the way the way he portrayed that. It wasn't like a straight up lecture of what he wanted to say about capitalism or whatnot. One of the most subtle things that wasn't subtle that I thought was cool was that the hero, right? Yeah. Like when he needed to get to a place, everything moved to accommodate him mm-hmm. <laughs> as opposed yeah. to the, like everyone else. Which is like a metaphor for like being a white man in America. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like when you when you have a goal and you need something done, everything moves to accommodate you and everyone else is expected to like go along with that as opposed to like the rest of us have to navigate what's going on individually. Yeah. So like I thought that was cool. Like the that the there was no elevator in the building. The building moved so he could get to the yeah. next floor. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm. This is interesting. And I like it's a it's a silly thing that you can like easily throw away, but yeah. also kind of like a subtle like, oh, I see what you did. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I I could see Stark Tower doing something like that for sure. I liked when uh he they had like a Pink Panther bit cuz in Pink Panther um like the detective or whatever, he would his like his butler, or I don't know if it was butler or his sidekick or whatever. We just like hide in closets and like try to punch him, <laughs> like jump out and start fighting him, just so he could be always be on guard and always be ready to fight. And I like how they use that bit here with the hero, <laughs> where it just be an assassin and have like a random like five minute fight scene. Lord, that was that was funny though. Like the fight yeah. scene, it made me. It actually made me think about Tenet, <laughs> looking oh, at yeah. the choreography or whatever. But when he rolled the the assassin up in the in the rug, <laughs> yeah. he's like dancing on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
I I mean I really I really did enjoy this. I I don't want to hear anyone else ever. It, I, Zeus ain't listening to this, but he should. Like I don't want to hear anyone else ever comparing Boots Riley to Jordan Peele. Like don't ever do that again. Mm-hmm. But like I am like super duper interested, and like I'm showing up for whatever he's making. I want to see what he's gonna do next. Like yeah, not. Not in the same way that I'm showing up for Jordan Peele or like Barry Jenkins, but I am maybe in the same way that I'm like showing up for Gerard Carmichael, like spectacle. Like, what are you about to do? Yeah, <laughs> I just like we it. should we should have like a a spectrum like one day on the podcast, just a spectrum of black people we're showing up for. Like, where do we put Issa Rae? Where do we put Donald Glover? Where do we put Jordan Peele? Speaking Bruce Riley. <laughs> I binged Project Greenlight and I'm kind of like annoyed at it, but oh, yeah. <laughs> that's a, you should you you have Max, you should watch it. I'm I was like very there was lots of like I see the puppet strings and I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Um feel like the white people did a better job of like convincing you that it was real. But oh, okay. also didn't like that the studio made them pick the light skinned girl. Didn't like that either. But y'all can watch Project Greenlight on your own. Um, mm-hmm. if I was white, it would have made me mad, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like I, I agree with you, like black creators and like on a scale of like must go to like, probably going to go to like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like Tyler like, Berry. It, I, I don't know if he's at the depends. bottom. Like, I don't give a fuck. And he's not, he's not at the bottom. Yeah. He's not at the bottom. And if I'm being honest, like if he's near the bottom, like Spike at this point is only like slightly above him to me. <laughs> so bad. <laughs> yeah. But like that's such a that's like a like yeah. such a shift from how I felt yeah. closer to the beginning of his career. Clearly, I was a child, but mm. like closer to the beginning of his career, how I felt about him and how I feel about him now, like. I'm watching Spike in this. Well, I'm going to the movies to watch Spike. I'm not going to see any yeah. of Tyler Perry's in the movie. So, like, maybe that wasn't fair. Donald Glover, what am I, like, how do I feel? I don't know. What if what if Donald and Boots, like, made a movie together? Are you watching that? Or do you think it would uh, be too weird for you to ever? Oh, I'm definitely, like, I think I'm probably highest on Donald Glover in the podcast. So, uh, anything he's he wants to do. I mean, him and Jordan Peele, for sure. Like, up there for me. So Donald Glover's like the inverse Tyler Perry for me. Cause you yeah. know how we always talk about like how good of a person Tyler Perry is. <laughs> oh yeah. How, like, <laughs> yeah. How yeah. like we don't like his art. Like Donald Glover's the inverse of that for me. I don't fully dislike Donald Glover, but I'm like, yo, shut up. Like right. as as opposed to I'm like protect by Tyler Perry. Like <laughs> yeah. so they're both they're both like helping black people work, but I do enjoy Donald's art more. So I don't know that I want to see Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Now we're just yeah. talking about black creators. Especially since, um, uh, what's her name, left the show? Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge, yeah. Is it a show or is it a movie? I think it's a show. I think they were doing it for Amazon or something like that. Oh, okay. I don't think it's a movie because the, the girl that replaced her like is on a TV show. I don't I was a Hong Chow. It should have been Hong Chow. I don't It's I don't not Hong Chow. It should be. <laughs> I think it's it's one of the girls from Pin Fifteen, that show. Is the it's the Asian girl from, yeah. from that one. It should have been Hong Chow. Why oh, okay. isn't it Hong Chow? Like that girl's funny, but like 
not in a way that I appreciate. She's gross. Oh, okay. She does like gross fart humor. Oh yeah. I like Pen Fifteen though to a point, and then I was like, I can't relate to this. So. Hmm. Oh, chow. She got um, Okay. <laughs> we know how I feel about her. Yeah. Um. Anything you're looking forward to? I'm. I mean, I'm trying to rally the troops for they clone Tyrone, but it's looking like it's just gonna be me and you again. I might guilt Treasy into showing up. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it just because that's one of my favorite like subgenres is when like a director who, I mean, I don't think they clone Tyrone necessarily grew up on black exploitation, but some a director or actor like they take black exploitation and they kind of remix it or mm-hmm. they make a satire of it, of it of it. Like I love Undercover Brother. I love um I'm gonna get you sucker. I love Black Dynamite, like those movies, that that type of genre of movie. So They Clone Tyrone seems to be another one of those. So I'm definitely interested in watching it. I've I've heard good things, but like Netflix is never going to not tell you their shit's amazing, even when it's not. So like well, John Boyega. Ba- yeah. You've heard bad things? Just because it's got pushed back so much. Like it's it was supposed to come out a long time ago. I could have sworn it was supposed to come out over the weekend. They pushed it a week. Oh, yeah. But I mean... Cause I put it, I put it in the group, and I was like, "This is supposed to come out tomorrow." And then I looked up, and it was like this weekend. If they change oh. it again this week, then I know that I was not crazy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna see. Anything you looking forward to besides that? Um, not really. I mean, Dune. Obviously, Dune. When that comes out, that's not coming out. Dune's for a not few coming months, out. Though. When they said, I would be surprised. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, obviously Dune, um, because hello, it's Denny and it's Dune and I'm me. So like, yeah. Well. Um, I don't know that I'm actually looking forward to anything after Oppenheimer and Dune and Make Long Time Around. Like, I'm not. I haven't seen any trailers that made me go, "Oh shit!" Like that has not happened. Nah. Um. So. We'll see. But y'all know how we do. Like, we will talk about things when we're ready to talk about things. And so it's about to get real uncomfortable during this writer strike slash actor strike. Maybe we should um, play games again. That was fun when we did, like, yeah. what was it, HBO versus FX? Right. That was really fun. So maybe we'll come up with some games. Maybe if you guys have some games, you let us know what you want us to play. Maybe we should do, like, a ranking of Black creatives and, like, where they are on the spectrum of. Yeah, that would be a fun episode. What we're going to watch. Um, so let us know if you have any ideas, because while the writers are on strike, like that makes things uncomfortable for us. And you already know, like we're not watching shit just to watch it. So mm-hmm. keep us keep us posted on what you're excited about. Well, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Kind of Movie Critics. Oh. Unless you have something else to say. No, nah, no, nah, that's it. I'm trying to okay. remember the. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to you're trying to remember our out- socials? <laughs> well, the out. Like the last thing Treasy usually says. Oh, I got it. I got it now. I got it. Okay. Um. So, well, um, you can find us on socials on Facebook and on Instagram and on Threads. Even though I'm not really threading much, um, from the Threads account uh, at Kind of Movie Critics, you can find us on Twitter at Kind of Movie Crits. It's kind of cool that Threads can accommodate our entire handle. I'm just saying, Elon. Um. And remember, we call ourselves kind of movie critics because we kind of are. We're kind of not. We're just a bunch of people who like to watch movies. This has been an On Ear Network production.